Hi everybody, this is Vanessa, founder and CEO of Internal Rhythms. Today I wanted to discuss the idea and concepts around people, those that heal and those that don't, and what's the difference. I've actually done a lot of reading, um, books on all kinds of, all kinds of uh, thoughts and theories about healing. But I've come across a couple of books, The Biology of Belief by Bruce Lipton, who I just think his work is fascinating because he really goes into the depths and understanding that it's truly the environment that our cells are in that determine sort of their expression. And that's, it's true for healing. It's true for everything, actually. When a person is looking to heal, I mean, the body already does all the healing inside. What gets in the way is sometimes the thoughts and the thought processes that we create more restriction around. And it's interesting because some of the clients that I have worked with over the last 26 years, the ones that really do well in their healing journey are those that are people who fully embrace wanting to change and wanting to heal. And they're they're actually, there's nothing that they won't do to get that goal. And those are the people I love to work with because they want it so bad. And I'm just that therapist that I want it bad for everybody who comes to see me. I want it probably more than they do. So, but I have to allow people to have their choice because healing is also a choice. And I've seen that some people who don't heal are those kinds of people who have made a lot of excuses about things. They, well, I can't because of this or I can't because of that, or I was diagnosed with this and the doctor says, that's it, this is my life. And I don't think that we can allow outside forces, outside people to limit or stunt our accessibility to all the energy and vibrational frequency that we truly are, because we really are an energetic frequency. And if you look at a person, we have our physical structure And outside of that physical structure, there's like this vibrational energy and people call it the auric field. And then it goes beyond us. It actually expands so far beyond us because if you ever, we know this to be true because if you look at horses and I'm just going to use horses as an example because they're basically considered a prey animal. So you've got this big, large animal. They know within a certain distance and range, once that predator enters their field, they already know that that's there and they do whatever they need to do to make sure that they're safe and taken care of. I grew up around horses, so I know this to be a hundred percent true when you're on trail rides and then the horse just stops dead and you go, what's happening? Why is the horse stopping dead? Because they're already picking up in their energy field that there's something around ahead, behind, beside, that is danger. And our, in our human consciousness tends to downplay a lot of this stuff and we call it our intuition. But if we really thought about it, it's actually picking up that greater energy field that sits, excuse me, so far out away from us. So how do we have access to this? Well, we always have access to it. It's just a question of developing it like any other muscle. And the more we lay a habit to, and there's a great book I want to talk about in just a minute around habits, 
But the more we make a habit of connecting to that frequency and pick, allowing ourselves to pick up that vibrational frequency in our outer field, we would be far better off because there are things in that outer field that are sitting in that energetic space. And because of that, it's a thought. And thoughts are simply chemical reactions that happens in our body, but a thought is external to us. It's something we pick up in the ethers. It's a thought. It's just a thought. It doesn't mean anything. But the more that you give weight or attention to that thought, the stronger that vibrational thought comes to you and then you're resonating in that frequency thought and then bam, you have it, whatever that is. So when it comes, when in terms of healing, I've actually seen people who've gone to the doctor and they've said, well, I've been diagnosed with cancer and I have three weeks to live. Well, and that's what happens. They have three weeks to live because that's what their doctor told them. That's the energy frequency that they're resonating in now. I have three weeks to live. But I've also seen people who get that same diagnosis and they turn it around and say, no way. That's not my path. That's not my journey. And they end up living for years past that, quote, diagnosis. And I think that that goes back to the biology of belief, back to Bruce Lipton's work. And I would encourage everybody to actually read that book. It's a fantastic book. And there's so much information in there. And sometimes it gets a little sciencey, but that's okay. And <clears throat> we start to realize that there's more going on to this process than we really realize. And I have seen clients come to me 20 years in pain. 20 years, that's a long time to be in pain. They've been told by other physicians, other therapists that, well, you're just going to have to learn to live with that. So this becomes their mantra that they start to live well this is what my life is and then they see somebody like myself who allows them to sort of see that well maybe there's more to this possibility or more to this experience than what you're giving credit to and <clears throat> there was a lady in particular I can remember she 20 22 years she was in pain constant pain daily pain in that very first session actually all a hundred percent of her pain disappeared. She was in such a state when she left, she couldn't believe, she kept saying, I don't believe it, I don't believe it. And I said, no, we need to stop saying that because you've already experienced pain-free for the first time in 22 years. And she just could not get herself the idea that she could be pain-free. And it's unfortunate because she did not continue with the treatment. She... About a week after, she said, oh, well, all my pain came back. Well, if you're sitting in the fact that I there's no possibility of me being pain-free, even though she was pain-free, <laughs> she could not accept it. And so she brought all of that back to her. And again, I've seen the reverse of that. I've seen clients come in and then they're just amazed. They walk away and they're like, I can't believe I'm pain-free after 15 years. Do you know how long I've had that shoulder pain or that foot pain or the back pain? It's been there for so many years and then it's gone. And they're so elated and joyed because they truly, truly want to heal. And there are reasons that people don't want to heal. People have, you know, sometimes I see clients and they get, there's like this excuse that they have because they're getting attention from the fact that they're getting something out of the situation that they're in, whether they don't have to go back to work or they get attention from their family that they probably wouldn't get 
if they weren't, that's their thought process. It's not true, but it's their thought process. And that's another really interesting thing to have in this conversation is the idea of perspective. So every one of us has a different and unique perspective on things. And when it comes to healing, there's no difference. So, you know, five people could go to the same movie and they'll have five different unique perspectives on what that movie represented to them because they have five unique lives that they've lived and five unique different ways that they've expressed themselves in this world. It doesn't make one right and one wrong. But when it comes to healing, if you have this perspective that this is as good as it gets for you, then how do you expect to have any change in your life? How do you expect to have any kind of healing? So it, you have to be willing to be open to the possibility that there can be more, that there will be more, that you are not defined by your condition or your label. And this is something that we, in my practice, I don't label people. I just see you for who you are. You come to me, I'm going to do my assessment. I'm assessing you right from square one. Now we can progress forward and see where you've changed, how you've grown, what has rippled in your life, because that that tends to happen in people. They have this beautiful ripple effect. I had this lady who came to see me. She had, well, she had grown children. She's in the later stages of her life. She's in her 50s. And she came to me and she looked so angry, so hunched over. And after that first treatment, I, it came out, you know, there was some abuse early on in her life and just the anger that she had been holding all these years around that incident and situation. And it was on the second visit that I said to her, she looked so much better after the first visit. She couldn't believe how light she felt after because when you release it from the physical body, you also help release it in the mind body because there's that beautiful connection between the mind and the body because the body follows the mind. So when we're freeing it up, creating space in the tissues of the body through, through the sessions, <clears throat> we're also cultivating and nurturing the space in the mind so that the mind has the space now to think about other things. Now it's not focusing on the knee pain anymore. Now we have created space there. Oh my goodness, what else is possible? And then we get into this whole shift of perspective, <clears throat> excuse me, about what is possible. Anything is possible because this woman is now in therapy and she is doing amazing. I mean, her relationships are changing in her lives with her children, her coworkers, everything is changing. And the biggest relationship that's changed is the one with herself. So it's such a powerful, I feel so honored to be a part of that process for people. And if I can be that little catalyst in there, <laughs> to ship somebody, then I've, then that's just a huge, that's a huge win for me. And I feel so blessed and honored to be, to have participated in that for somebody because the true miracles are actually coming from within each person. We all need to take ownership over all of those pieces of our health and wellness. And I kind of think of it like, like a garden. And as this morning I was actually in my garden and I was weeding and I thought, you know, all these weeds are like all the bad thoughts that we could ever have. And it's important to cultivate pulling weeds on a daily basis. And that brings me to my next book, which is called The Power of Habit. And this book was so great. And I'm probably going to get the guy's name wrong, but it's Charles Duhigg. Or I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. But it was a great book. And one of the stories in the book talked about how Michael Phelps 
because of the habits that he's acquired over his career, he was in the pool and he was, I think he was swimming, I forget what it was, some big race, and his goggles were starting to fill up with water. And he just he just relied on all of the habits of how he moved in the pool, all of the things that he needed to do. He actually made a world record. So I thought that's really fascinating. So then I thought to myself, oh my goodness. So habits are just such an important part of that healing journey as well, because if you cultivate really nurturing and supportive habits in your day, what you do on a day-to-day basis, it can literally take you from feeling really crappy to feeling amazing because you're going to change your mind and then you're going to change your body. So you could, you could implement things like stretching. Do you take 15, 20 minutes a day to do some stretching, some yoga stretching, or even just some static stretching? Do you do a gratitude meditation every day and feel the blessings of your life so that we're not feeling dragged down emotionally by some of the things that are going on our day? Because that has a big impact on your healing as well. So these are the things that we do. And so make a list of maybe some of these little habits that you can implement in your day. Because if you did them every day, you begin to just create this amazing experience for yourself. And one of the things that I do every day is I get up. I mean, obviously I get my son off to school. Once he's gone to school, I take the time and I do this amazing workout. And it's just something I've cultivated every day. And it does change. I mean, sometimes it's longer, sometimes it's shorter. But at least I have that time and opportunity to put that in my day. The next thing I do is I do a gratitude meditation every day because I am truly grateful for everything in my life. I'm grateful for the lessons that I'm learning, for the people that I'm connecting with, for the vitality and the health that I do have. And that's something I want to continue to nurture throughout my life because it's so, so, so important. And then it's all about helping the mind and the body support one another. Well, I hope you guys have found this helpful. And I wonder um, if you've, you know, maybe written down some of these little habits that you might be able to create for yourself. Some of the plucking of the weeds in your own mental garden. And maybe what you could do to free yourself from that heavy restriction and burden. And then looking to the different perspectives and thinking about... You know, yeah, what, how am I seeing myself? Am I labeling myself? Am I pigeonholing myself into one aspect of who I am? Because we are so much more than what we think we are. Until next time.